0: Well, hello there. It's another day. I'm Jim Harrington. And I am Bill Knight. Well, you know, it's on, on, I guess. You know, there's a lot of ways you could say it's on. Um, There is no war yet, though. They're still uh, holding back on sending the troops into Gaza. But But it's growing.
1: Yeah, and Biden has said, well, you know, let's get some 2,000 American troops on standby. It's... For all practical purposes, on even if even if they they figured out a peace talk over there, we're going to figure out a way to go to war.
0: Well, you know who here. is going to show up tomorrow in uh, in Israel to Mr. Uh, photo op himself, yeah, the guy with
1: the golden
2: teeth.
0: Yep, but here's Tony Blinken.
2: On Wednesday, President Biden visit Israel. He's coming here at a critical moment for Israel, for the region, and for the world and he's coming here to do the following. First, the President will reaffirm the United States' solidarity with Israel and our ironclad commitment to its security. President Biden will again make clear, as he's done unequivocally since Hamas' slaughter of more than 1,400 people, including at least 30 Americans, that Israel has the right and indeed the duty to defend its people from Hamas and other terrorists and to prevent future attacks. The President will hear from Israel what it needs to defend its people as we continue to work with Congress to meet those needs. Second, President Biden will underscore our crystal-clear message to any actor, state or non-state, trying to take advantage of this crisis to attack Israel. Don't. To that end, he's deployed two aircraft carrier groups and other military assets to the region. Third, The President will continue to coordinate closely with our Israeli partners to the secure the release of hostages taken by Hamas including men, women, small children, Holocaust survivors, and American citizens as an indispensable humanitarian effort. Fourth, President Biden will receive a comprehensive brief on Israel's war aims and strategy. Fifth, the President will hear from Israel how it will conduct its operations in a way that minimizes civilian casualties and enables humanitarian assistance to flow to civilians in Gaza in a way that does not benefit Hamas. To that end, today and at our request, the United States and Israel have agreed to develop a plan that will enable humanitarian aid from donor nations and multilateral organizations to reach civilians in Gaza and them alone, including the possibility of creating areas to help keep civilians out of harm's way. It is critical that aid begin flowing into Gaza as soon as possible. We share Israel's concern that Hamas may seize or destroy aid entering Gaza, or otherwise preventing it from reaching the people who need it. If Hamas in any way blocks humanitarian assistance from reaching civilians, including by seizing the aid itself, we'll be the first to condemn it, and we will work to prevent it from happening again. We welcome the government of Israel's commitment to work on this plan, President very much looks forward to discussing it further when he's here on Wednesday.
0: Okay, so as that was playing, I kept hearing mm-hmm. in my in my head the statement that Barack Obama made uh, when Joe was vice president. If mm-hmm. you want, if you want something to get effed up, tell Joe or give it to Joe. And I kept thinking, oh no, I mean, what is Joe Biden going to bring to the table? on Wednesday what what's he going to say in Israel bill that he couldn't have said on a phone call
1: well he's going to go there and muck it up because you know if you go back to when he was running for president and he won so overwhelmingly he won you know he wasn't anti Israel but he wasn't pro Israel he was pretty much pro Palestinian and let's do this uh, in other words, this guy is a wishy-washy guy. He he'll say anything for the cameras and to sound like he's involved, but he's not a pro-Israel guy.
0: Well, I I don't think he's going to help the situation by being there. Oh, he's going to make it worse. But now we know why they haven't gone into Gaza yet, because I think what happened is somebody must have said to uh, Netanyahu, "Look, it we're backing you, but don't do anything till Joe comes here and." and talks to you i I just what's he
1: gonna say to him oh man this this this
0: this guy can't navigate stairs never mind a uh, peace deal
1: that's jill's job you know to come and get him off the stage when he's sitting there blundering all over the place making up stories as he goes it's nursery rhyme time with joe
0: so uh where do you think this is going bill where do you Hell think? Hell in this, a handbasket? No, yeah. simply.
1: I mean, I say that as a joke, but no, I actually, I'm serious. There's mm-hmm. nothing good that can come out of it, and you don't know what's going to come out of Joe's lips because
0: he doesn't know. Yeah, I happen to agree with you. I think this is only going uh, to a bad place. He's going to go to Jordan afterwards. I don't think anything's going to happen in Jordan. I think he's probably going to ask the Jordan people to uh, allow refugees into their country. You know, it's interesting. They want to ship a million Palestinian refugees from uh, the Gaza Strip to the United States. And they want to do that because there isn't one country in the region, all these Muslim companies that border Israel and and, uh, the Gaza Strip, not one of them want to take any refugees in. Now wait a second, you wonder why they're all Muslim countries well mm-hmm. i I think, in all honesty, bill, I think that uh, what what's developed in the Gaza strip is a region of of um uh, extremist of of terrorist, of uh really an enthusiastic uh, you know warriors they want they want to get into a war with Israel. they want to do the worst things to Israel. We saw this. A week and a half ago, a week and a half ago, when they went in and killed all those innocent people, and I think that countries like Jordan and uh, Lebanon and Saudi Arabia, they look at uh, these people and figure, wait a second, things are pretty calm and peaceful right here in our country. Nothing's happening here. Why should we let all these troublemakers into our country? They're only going to come here and reset and then probably use our country as a staging area to go back and attack israel again and then we'll be drawn into a war
1: well we're going to be a war at war within our, amongst ourselves i mean it's look our borders are open we don't know what's coming across the border we don't know the count you know they we we assume there's 3.8 million of them here but uh and I, when i say of them i mean you know, people that have not been vetted properly and are illegal aliens. They don't hold our values and they could be carrying diseases, let alone guns to kill. The number could be double or triple. Mm. We don't know. I mean, we are in trouble. This, this is a festering sore, you know, on the, uh, on the belly of America. That's only going to get worse.
0: Griff Jenkins from Fox news was talking about this very topic. Listen,
3: (laughs) Brett, that's right. It is getting attention of DHS, and we can break some news I've just learned in the last few minutes. In addition to the two Lebanese men in their 20s apprehended right here where we are standing, there was also one individual from Egypt uh, apprehended as well yesterday. He was in his 40s. He, as well as the two Lebanese men, are currently undergoing uh, serious vetting to find out who they are and why they're here, what their background is. Now, I'll let you have just a quick look, though. Behind me, you have GOP presidential candidate Vivek Ramaswamy is now along the river getting briefed, and he's learning about these apprehensions. And Brett, something else he's learning is that in just the past one week here in Eagle Pass, there were more than 10,000 migrant encounters, and there were more than 1,450 known gotaways, meaning they were seen or observed on video cameras, but not brought into custody. It comes as there's more than 60 miles of unpatrolled border in this sector alone because 90% of the Border Patrol agents are busy doing the processing. I can also tell you, over in the Rio Grande Valley, Brett, where we've spent so much time reporting, I'm just learning in the last few hours that they have had some 17 Syrians since Monday apprehended in that sector, as well as 19 migrants from Iran.
0: That's Griff Jenkins, who was talking on a special report with Brett Baer about uh, the gotaways and the apprehensions Bill. Lebanese, Egyptians, Do you know, they've got uh, Ukrainians, they've got Russians, Chinese, all these people have been apprehended at our southern Mm -hmm. border.
1: And, you know, how are they going to mingle here? Because when you were vetted to come to America before, you needed to learn about our laws, you needed to learn about our history, our constitution, you needed to kind of learned the language because at one time not too far in the distant few past, um, we had the universal language of the world, uh, American and, uh, but you know, with Obama and Biden,
0: <laughs> well, that's it's, it's a, a joke. It's a different world we're living in right now. And, uh, uh, I, I, I think we're on the cutting edge of world war three. I heard that, uh, uh, Russia. They may stick their toe into the Middle East soon. Now, you would think that they have their hands full with the Ukraine. By the way, has anybody heard a thing recently in the news about the Ukraine? I mean, the war continues, but it's completely out of the picture right now. Everyone's talking about yeah. the Middle East. I mean, what about the war in the Ukraine, which continues? We keep throwing millions and millions of dollars or, of our money there. and uh, But now it's like, uh, well, it's all over. And that's yeah, how but, the yeah. this is how the news is nowadays, Bill. It lasts for about fifteen seconds and it's gone. Yeah, and now that they're not
1: focusing on the Ukraine, all of a sudden, are we hearing the truth that Russia is just stomping the hell out of the Ukraine?
0: Yeah, yeah that uh, that's what I've heard, Bill.
1: But you know, Russia, they're not flooded with, you know, illegals. You know, they pretty much are Russia. China's yeah. pretty much China.
0: That's true. Um, well, you, you know, know, it's funny you should say that. Uh, French President Emmanuel Macron called for all radical Islamist migrants residing in France to be removed from the country in the wake of the suspected Islam-inspired assassination of a middle school teacher, teacher on Friday. I mean, this this stuff is, is it's really out of control in France. First of all, they just let anybody and everybody in like uh, over the past five years into France. Most of these people came from the Middle East. They didn't bring mm-hmm. uh, any interest in becoming French. This is, I, I think back to the Middle Ages when they used to fight wars to keep the Muslim invaders uh, out of France. I mean, they did that, you know. They, they, they tried to take over Europe through force uh, back in the Middle Ages and you know Charlemagne and these people fought them off and, and kept it a, a a Christian country. Well, they they would roll over in their graves right now with what they've done in France over the last five years. They just let everybody in, and now in the cities like Paris, which were such a charming and beautiful city, I've been to I've been to Paris. It's it is a beautiful town. Uh, it, it's totally different now. They have these areas of of Paris that are no-go zones, meaning even the police try to avoid going into that section in town.
1: Because you can't win. Well, I I was seeing a story. Uh, where is it here? I know it's St. Louis, Missouri. They are now the uh, the most dangerous city to live in. Democrat city, of course. Yeah. As a matter of fact, I believe the top five most dangerous cities to live in
0: Boy, I bet, I, name them t- run. I bet you I could name a bunch of them off the top of my head: New York, uh, Chicago, <laughs> and Los Angeles, right off the bat. Uh, Detroit, <laughs> probably, and, and probably St. Louis. There's five, you know?
1: Uh, yeah, they're
0: they're, uh, yeah. they're all stinking
1: pretty they, bad. They, but, they, they you sure know,
0: they sure is that car stinking with blinking. You know what? You, know, you know what's really sad? I I was talking about Paris, and you talk about St. Louis. Which says to me it's it's happening here and it's going to happen sooner rather than well, later. But we
1: look the other way, you know, and if, you know, if a Democrat is running for office, well, that's why you got to vote for me because that idiot Trump did all this. No, he didn't. As a matter of fact, Joe in a, in, in, in a speech accidentally said the reason he's running for president is to make America back to what it was when Trump was president.
0: Oh my god! Came through loud and clear um, on a lefty news channel. So, you know, I heard a I heard a businessman in an interview uh, on one of the uh, social media platforms. He was one of these guys who was a wealthy. I think he was from San Francisco, a wealthy businessman. And he said, "You know, I voted for Hillary and I voted for uh, Biden because at the time I thought Trump was like." an F president. Then when Biden got into office and things started to change, I looked at Trump and I thought maybe he was a C minus. And then as the years progressed, I realized that Trump was a B plus. And now I think he was an A. And I thought, well, you know, better late than never, pal. Well, you know, but you should have been paying attention five or six years ago. But, I think what he said is something that a lot of people are seeing right now, that they thought Trump was a doofus, and in reality, he had us making money, he had us in in a peace situation with no wars, he was a great president, compared especially to this guy we have in office now. Well, I don't
1: know if Trump can get it back together, even if he gets in, and I'm not saying that against Trump, I'm saying Joe and the Democrats have messed it up so bad that it's going to take a miracle. I mean, I think Trump can turn things around, mm-hmm. but it's not going to happen all overnight and in one term. We can set the direction. And if they come back in, we're, we're going to be so fragile. It, it's it, it's terrible. And you got Hollywood going full, t- full tilt. Oh, all I know. the stars are coming out to go, oh, it's Joel. Look, look how better off you are. Are you serious? Are you really
0: serious, Robert
1: De Niro? Going, you know, Trump is a wanna-be bad guy. Well, he said he, a wanna-be
0: bad guy. He said that uh, he believes that Hillary won in 2016. It, it would someone wake Robert De Niro up and tell him that you know uh, what? You know that's that's really history. I mean, that's 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 a done deal. Uh, we're talking 2020 with election fraud.
1: Yeah. You know, let's just say, you know, Robert, even if you were right, what are you gonna do about it, big guy? <laughs> with the short left leg? You well, know, come on, you're making fun of everybody. Let's make fun of well, you because you're he, you the wanna be a tough guy. He's
0: one of these guys that has played so many tough guys, so many bad guys. It's gotten to his head. I think he thinks he's a tough bad guy. You know. Let and me tell
1: you something. You're an actor, you can-
0: Robert. An actor.
1: Yeah, you're acting like you're a tough guy. You hey, remember, no Robert, guy. you
0: also played the monster in Frankenstein.
1: Hey, Robert, I hate to tell you this, but, you know, Donald Trump is not a big tough guy, but he could kick your butt. <laughs> I, I would put my money on Donald to kick your yeah. Robert De Niro rear end. I'm sorry, but, um, you yeah. know, just go back to doing what you're doing. Playing a tough guy, you're not one, but you do a good job playing a tough guy because you got the attitude down.
0: We talked about the Ukraine. Russia launched five missiles and 12 kamikaze drones at the Ukraine in an overnight attack. This was the night before last Ukraine's Air Force said on on Monday. So I guess this was a couple of days ago. Uh, So Russia is, um, they're not uh, slowing down at all. Five missiles, 12 kamikaze drones. Uh, of course, the Ukraine probably is saying, well, we took down most of those drones, and uh, there wasn't much damage from the missiles. Yeah, right. Um, right now, the Ukraine has got a financial situation, believe it or not. It's, see, when you misappropriate the billions of dollars that you're given, thinking that it's never going to stop, and then along the way it starts to stop, uh, you got a problem because seriously, we gave how many billions of dollars, 12 or 15, or I can't even count anymore. We've given billions to this war effort and they should have change in their pocket. They don't. Well, apparently back
1: uh, when the house was, you know, blocking the, you know, the, the signing of a bill and with the Mm -hmm. money that they wanted to go to the Ukraine and that was taken out of there, apparently some money did slip through and go to the Ukraine, you know, but there are so many other things you heard about the uh, the uh, uncovering of uh, FBI documents. You remember how they came after Trump, the uh, Biden DOJ and the FBI went after Trump mm-hmm. Mar-a-Lago. You got top secret documents in Mar-a-Lago. Now now it turns out that those could have been fabricated or made up, and besides, he was a sitting president. But it turns out that the FBI knew that Biden had thousands upon thousands of classified documents illegally. And so what do they do? They go after Trump.
0: You know what gets me? I was listening to an interview. I have it right here. Mike Turner, he's a Republican from Ohio, Mm -hmm. and he's talking about uh, Biden and the documents that he had. But they always seem to, especially Republicans, they seem to concede that, oh, well, they probably were both bad, but... No, no, no. Don't concede the fact that President Trump was president. There's a massive difference between Trump as president taking documents and Biden as a senator taking documents. But listen... Here's what he said uh, yesterday.
4: comment you made on this program recently, you were talking about classified documents um, mishandled by the current president. And you said uh, that when it came to Biden and Trump, they're both equally egregious with equal classification issues. Um, this past week, President Biden was interviewed by special counsel Robert Herr. Um, will there be legal consequences? Will your committee do anything to act on this? I mean, and, and what exactly do you mean equally egregious?
5: Well, when you look at the documents, both the classification level and the subject matter, um, both sides, Trump and Biden's documents, if they had been released in the public or gotten into the hands of nefarious parties, would be damaging to the United States national security. When I look at those documents, there are documents on both sides, equally egregious. That would have a negative consequences to our means, methods, techniques, and, and our allies. Now, in this instance, I think President Biden needs the same consequence that, that, that they pursue with, with President Trump, that the actions are, are the same. And in this instance, if you notice, indictment? you're getting leaked. You're getting leak after leak after leak on the Trump documents. You're hearing nothing on the Biden documents. So you're continuing to see the inequality that comes out of the Justice Department as there's silence on the other side with respect to Biden's. Uh, and by the way, he was a he was a serial classified document order. I reviewed documents that were from yeah. all the time that he's, he's been in government uh this really is a very serious breach by President Biden.
4: Just to, to be clear here, though, are you saying that President Biden had top-secret and TSSCI classification-level documents in his personal
5: home, that, that's, wherever? That, that's, that's public already, uh, Margaret. That, that is So I'm not confirming something that, that people don't already know. That is correct.
4: Okay, so I think you're saying that he should be indicted when you say treated the same? I think
5: they need to be treated exactly the same. Now, they're continuing their investigation with, with President Biden. I don't think that President Biden, in the end, has been found to violate the law, and I believe from what I've seen that he has, that he should be treated any differently than Donald Trump. I mean, why would he? Uh, just because he's president or because he's a Democrat? And that's how the Department of Justice has been acting. They need to be treated the same.
4: But have you seen evidence of a, of a crime? It sounds like that's what you are saying.
5: I have seen the evidence of the fact that classified documents of some of the highest levels have been mishandled by President Biden. Yes. You know, I got to tell you something.
0: It's it's kind of he's trying to walk down the center line of the street. He's There not, is no center line. Yeah. Well, he he's saying things like, uh, well, they should be treated the same, and someone should wake Mr. Turner up and say, wait a second, you have to take into consideration that everything that President Trump did, he did as president, and he was protected. Because he was right. president, this guy's done it his entire career, from the time he was a senator, Bill, back in the seventies. Yes, and you know
1: what? Let's 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 broaden the uh, the the scope here a little bit, or pull back on this microscope and get the whole petri dish in focus here. Who was uh, in office before Biden? Uh, before Trump, Obama. Uh,
0: Obama, yeah, mm-hmm. had
1: eleven thousand files or something like that. Mm-hmm. That he took on uh he took, he he didn't take the time to take it and put it in boxes. He took the time to digitize it and put it on a jump drive.
0: But you know, no one's saying a word about that because everyone says, well, he was president. But wait a second. What's well, did the- he have things from when he was in the Senate? And then let's talk about Hillary. Well, well she's a class of,
1: yeah.
0: I mean, she's, All right. and I mean, Bill bleach bit.
1: And Bill. Now, you wonder why, because Jordan, you know, what's going on with the Republicans in the House vote and the Democrats? Well, we're trying to cooperate. We will nominate George W. Bush for the House. And then Mitch McConnell organizes phone calls last night to the rhinos. and I'm sitting there going, wait a minute now. What do they have to lose that they
0: don't want Jordan to be House? Good question. A lot, a lot. If 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 Jordan becomes the uh, speaker, he's going to be an amazing thorn in the side of uh, guys like uh, Mitch McConnell and other rhinos in the uh, the Senate. And no,
1: that there is the whole thing in a nutshell. This is a conspiracy to cover up the foul stench that has been coming out of Washington for so long. Mitch McConnell, you've got the, the rhinos in there. You've got the Democratic Party. Trump was actually, whether you want to say, well, he, he did all these bad things. Yeah. he's the He is the white knight with the shining armor on the white horse. And I'm not saying that is a racial thing. That's storybook purity. Here comes the shiny knight here. And you want to hear so the he good news, the so, black Bill? Black knight,
0: white knight, whatever. You want to hear the good news? Uh, a resurgence of citizen activism is making waves on Capitol Hill conservatives across the United States are rallying behind representative Jim Jordan and he they're, buys, calling, making yeah, phone they're calls. calling and melting the phone lines and by so the way you know
3: what
1: if you're in Congress this show won't be out before they do the vote but oh I can yeah tell well, you this. yeah well we'll make sure it's out before they do the vote <laughs> well that, that that's the headline you know Congress better vote the way the people want them to—that's yeah. the thing. You know, it's funny thing. You know, uh, that weird guy that that always posts a uh, radio guy. You know, he was he was attacking the header of the show, and he was going, "Well, you know, those extreme left guys—you know—they're a minuscule part of the uh, the the party, but they'll they'll come in line when it gets to the bottom." And I I thought, you know, in a roundabout way, he's right. Because those extreme leftists, they're still going to be extreme. But it, when it comes to party and the salvation of their party, Democrats will march lockstep. If Joe says, "Hey, we gotta, we gotta march off this cliff," and most of us will oh, fall yeah. to our death, the Democrats will get in line and they'll march right off the damn cliff. Yeah, that's just the way they are. That's
0: true. In the meantime, let them
1: march, let them go. The point, point.
0: In the, the meantime, the Republicans the are like it's like herding cats. It's it's Forget like it. Ain't it's like herding kittens. You just can't do it. Uh, well, well, let the
1: rhinos go along with the Democrats when they go to the cliff, uh, and w- but you know what? You're going to see what's going on, Mitt Romney. He got out of the Senate, so he could do whatever and make this pack. You know, we got to get a new conservative party. Well, here's this new conservative party. Uh, wow. <laughs> they're floating Mitt Romney yes. and all oh, that—that great conservative of all time, Oprah Winfrey. Oh, gag me gag for the White House. Well, Oprah, but who you know gave what, us
0: Obama? Yeah, Oprah actually said, "Well, I don't think I'm interested." So, Good. Oprah kind I, of I'm stepped away. I'm not interested away. in her oh I, I I'm not interested in her either. People float that kind of stuff all the time oprah Michelle Obama see i'm not I'm not sold that Michelle Obama has the universal appeal that so many people think she has. I think that when she gets on the the main stage, so to speak uh it, it'll be the gloves come off, and it's gonna be a, a whole different um situation for her. I don't think she's going to be able. To hide behind a curtain of uh, the Obama image, you know the Barack image, it won't happen. Uh, I I just don't think that she's going to be the draw that a lot of a lot of people think that she uh, she is. Do you know, <laughs> <laughs> and that's just my own humble opinion. But I, you know, I, I was going to tell you that Janet Yellen, you yeah. know, she's the Secretary of the Treasury, and I think she's, with all due respect, and I say this from the bottom of my heart. She seems like a nice lady, but she seems like a numbskull. And I'll say that because I'm going to play two cuts from uh, an interview with her. First of all, I want to uh, play the cut with John Kennedy. John Kennedy was grilling her a few weeks ago uh, about uh, the budget and about where the money's going. Now, this is the secretary of the what? The treasury. And you would Mm. think that she would have numbers and figures and everything, at her fingertips. I want you to just listen to a couple of minutes of this. Thank you. Madam Secretary, isn't
6: it a fact that the president's proposed budget for next fiscal year is a half a trillion dollars more than this fiscal year?
7: On the spending side? Yes.
6: That's what a budget is. Yeah.
7: It, it, it is about, about $400 billion. It's about about $500 billion more, right? It's about what?
6: $500 billion more, right? About that. Are my numbers not right? Sh- I, I don't know those numbers. You don't know? You never uh, looked at that?
7: Uh, I I don't have those numbers in my head. I.
6: Isn't it a fact that the president's proposed budget proposes $4.7 trillion in new taxes?
7: It does. It does propose significant additional taxes. Yes. Four point seven trillion. Something like that. Yes.
6: Gross debt will rise from thirty-two point seven trillion dollars at the close of this year to fifty-one trillion dollars by two thousand and thirty-three.
7: I'm sorry. What number did you give me for? Well, debt held, held by the public, which is no, ma'am, that's gross debt. Is that a fact? That's probably a fact.
6: So you haven't reduced the deficit, have you?
7: The uh, the deficit, the debt, and deficits are reduced. How Budget. can you go from thirty-three
6: trillion dollars to fifty? One trillion dollars, and call that a reduction in the deficit. It, it raises uh, gross debt from thirty-three trillion dollars to fifty-one trillion dollars. You say that's an improvement.
7: It is. It is an improvement because it raises taxes by more, and um, it leads to it, that includes taxes.
6: It- in what world is that an improvement, other than Washington and Long and Long, long Land?
7: I don't know. I, I It wasn't yeah, strange. You need thing. to look into that, Madam Secretary. I, that's, this is not my job. We have a very large economy. And while the numbers that you cite are very big numbers, the size of our economy is also extremely large.
6: So $51 trillion of debt up from 33000000000000 trillion doesn't bother you.
0: <laughs> John Kennedy with Janet Yellen, who again is the Secretary of the Treasury. And I love how she says, well, it's not my job. Madam Secretary, Uh whose job is it? (laughs) I'm just curious. No,
1: I need a drink, by the way. I (laughs) I got a pea brain. These numbers are too much for me.
0: Bill, yesterday (laughs) she was being interviewed by a a sycophant uh, social media platform somewhere. Some interviewer who, you know, looks good in a suit and tie, who uh, is sitting on a false stage. You know, anybody can be a TV anchor now. All you need is a, is a backdrop and a suit. Uh, because nowadays with YouTube, I mean, everything's a possibility. But uh, mm-hmm. so she was out there with some person I've never seen. And she was asked about, well, can we afford another war? Listen to this. What this all means. Paul Tudor Jones, the famed investor, was on CNBC this week and he said, this is the most threatening and challenging geopolitical environment that I've ever seen. At the same time, the U.S. is in its weakest fiscal position since World War II with debt to GDP at 122%. Can can America, can the West, afford another war at this time?
7: I I think the answer is absolutely. Um, America can certainly afford to stand with Israel and to support Israel's military needs. And we also can and must support Ukraine in its struggle against Russia. And look, the American economy is doing extremely well.
0: I mean, come on, Janet. A, a few seconds ago, you were having a hard time communicating anything uh, coherently to Senator Kennedy f- from Louisiana, but suddenly you have a quick answer about uh, being able to afford multiple wars?
1: Well, she is uh, kind of a softball question for her, the way that, you know, Kennedy came in with hardball questions that she actually had to think and do her job, which she apparently can't do. So, I. Same thing they do with Biden, you know. Yeah, let's give that boy, old boy, a softball question, and he fumbles
0: those too. My question, Bill, is seriously: she's supposed to be overseeing our 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 money. She's the Secretary of the Treasury. Uh, Does anybody know how much money we have, and how much money we've spent, and how much money we can afford to pay in the future,
1: John? I mean, Jim. <laughs>
0: uh, <laughs> you no, know, John Kennedy's the senator. I'm, I'm your yeah, co-host. Yeah,
1: yeah. I, I was actually thinking about him, and I'll tell you what I was I mean, thinking in a minute. But Jim, yes. you're asking uh, a serious question about money. Yeah, let's not let's not go there because, you know, what was that line from a movie? You don't want to know the answer. You know, my you brother know? is
0: named John, and he listens to this program, so he's going to think. You were talking
1: to him. I was talking to him. Well, I was. I was actually. No, you know what I was thinking is, I was sitting there going when uh, Kennedy was talking. I was actually uh, also thinking of uh, the candidate that's running. I said, you know, everybody wants to pit a Democrat and a Republican. Mm. If we couldn't have Trump, those two could be a funny combo. But actually,
0: I I wouldn't be surprised if uh, if there's some kind of uh, if not a a situation where RFK is a vice president, he'll be. I think he'll be a player and. Trump's administration because they had this unwritten pact. They don't they don't seem to go after each other politically, you know, in yeah. public. But anyway, well, I think
1: Trump would would attack him um if if they were head to head, but you know, Trump attacked Look what he did to Cruz, but Cruz sits there and you know, touts the glories of Trump because What they did on the playing field, it was a competition, Mm -hmm. and all fair and love
0: and war, right?
1: Well, to a degree, yes, it is. But you know what? What the Democrats are doing, it's uh, it's it's war, and there is no love in it.
0: But you know, um, Biden's this this lady is lost, and Biden picks people to be in his cabinet who are lost. I mean, look at Rachel Levine and. What was that guy's name? Uh, who was the who wore dresses and was the energy secretary or well, deputy? Forget,
1: yeah, the, yeah, he had no hair, but he wore lipstick and makeup, and he wore little dresses like Mulvaney, yeah. and um, he had a five
0: o'clock was, shadow on occasion too. So, uh,
1: he, well, he, you know, a man for the all, all seasons in the world. In the transgender
0: world, yes,
1: you don't have to you groom, groom that beard. You know, I'm waiting for the burly country dude in the <laughs> dress to come out. The camouflage, yeah. <laughs> I, I like to drive by, uh, my my my. I like to go mudding in a pickup truck and mattress racing, but I, I feel like a woman. Good. Uh,
0: what was that song, I Feel Like a Woman? Remember that? Dun, 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 yeah. Dun? yeah. I can see it being sung by some burly guy. You know. Anyway, uh, did you see where uh, Rand Paul was being interviewed? Uh, yeah. And he was talking about something which I thought, I got to play this for Bill because Bill's into tech and stuff like that. He was talking about the fact that apparently in the White House they have, on. I think we mentioned this yesterday in the program, on the desk at the White House, they have a kill switch for the internet. Did you know that? Maybe we didn't mention it. Listen, I'm going to play this for you, and then
8: we yeah, can talk we did about ment-
0: it. We'll talk about it. Listen,
8: we've also looked at the emergency powers, and emergency powers. You know, the, the the courts have said you don't throw out the Constitution during emergencies, but a lot of our legislation acts as if you can throw things away. So when the CDC, and this actually happened some under the Trump administration, they decided that there was a CDC law from the 1930s that said you should do this and this for certain diseases, quarantine. And then it had a clause in there and whatever else is necessary. The Trump administration used that to say we didn't have to pay our mortgages. And then the Biden administration continued that on. But this is a power that in no way was ever given to the CDC. and No one ever anticipated the CDC would say you don't have to pay your mortgage anymore or pay your rent or pay your car payment. That is crazy. We also have another series of emergency powers. Some of them have been on, though. We've had, like, some emergencies have been going on 50 years. They're still on the books. There's actually an emergency power that was given to the FCC in the 1930s that gives the president the power to shut down all communications and control all communications in the U.S. People call it the Internet kill switch. It's never been used, but and it predates the Internet, but people now think in applying it to the Internet that a president has the power to shut down the Internet, nobody should have this. Look, I was a supporter of Trump. He shouldn't have it. I'm not a supporter of Biden. He definitely should have. No president of either party should have this kind of power. So we should get rid of these emergency powers. And I'm a sponsor of a bill to get rid of them as well. The one good thing that happened, like in our state of Kentucky, our governor used emergency power to close churches, restaurants, et cetera, hotels, gyms. The court shut him down But when the legislature finally came back into power, they said his emergency powers don't last longer than 30 days. So if he would just shut down something like hotels, which I think you never should do, but if you do it, it only lasts 30 days and it expires unless the state legislature reaffirms it. We should do the same in Washington. There should be an automatic expiration. And most people thought emergency powers were like delivering blankets and water in a tornado. I'm fine with that kind of emergency power, but nobody ever thought you could close someone's business down for years at a time uh, during an emergency. And then to make matters worse, most of the things they did didn't work and weren't good science. Most of the mandates involved things that didn't slow the spread of the disease and really were uh, in error even just based on the science, not based on the freedom that was lost, but just based on the science, most things they did were ineffective and, and wrongheaded.
3: Right. So, you know, this is really like to me, the emergency is the government power is out of control and they're breaking the constitutional rights that we have
0: in a free society. Wow. Uh, and It's interesting. Uh, that's the first time, Bill, that I've heard a government official acknowledge the fact that the government may turn off the Internet, you right. know, and I don't the think power. they
1: have a physical kill switch, but you got to look at the history of the Internet, you know. People go, well, it was discovered at the University of uh, Berkeley, you know, and all that, or uh, in Los Angeles. In, in reality, And it wasn't Al Gore either. Um, it actually was a. It was called kind of the of
0: ARPANET. A, 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 a it black was a black ops thing. Yeah. It was called of. the ARPANET, A R P E N E T, before it became the internet. And uh, it was specifically designed as an internal, private, secure line of communication for the Defense Department. Right. And it uh, got away.
1: Kind of an underworld that got away, and it did. But, you know, now do they have a kill switch? I do believe that most of the Internet works on a computer. It's a computer system, obviously. Um, The servers that sit in Washington... I believe everything routes through it or, you know, it, it emanates through it and travels through all the wires. The only real way that you can circumnavigate them shutting it down, the wires are the wires. They would have to shut down the telecommunication, shut down the wires and everything. Uh, that's where these, these hackers, these scammers are, or these underground cults, or maybe the political adversaries. They use software that it makes your computer and every computer that's online Part of the server, and that's you know it routes all around.
0: Let me ask you a question, Bill. If they, if the our government decided to shut down the internet, would it shut down the internet around the world or just in our country?
1: Well, theoretically, around the world. You got to realize that uh, it wasn't that long ago when I was down in Florida working mm-hmm. at a computer hub down there. You know, and one of the guys was doing investing. You know, he he invested overseas, right? I'm going well. The internet's everywhere. Goes oh no 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 no. There's only like two or three percent penetration in certain areas, and that's you know they there was a lot of money going into the infrastructure to, to make you
0: know the internet the thing. Well, you know what someone and, did say though, Bill. This is interesting. You mentioned a rich guy. Uh, they said the problem they have with shutting down the internet right now is a guy named Elon Musk because mm-hmm. he has the Skynet right now satellites and you can shut the wired internet down right but you now you can still get that you still can get the uh, starnet
1: yeah yeah well you know that when i travel i take along my own little internet hotbox you know just in case you know i don't uh, the, the wire going to the building and the router's down i can i can i can still get on the internet unless... The main system is down. If the main system's down, then that doesn't do anything. And any anybody can buy those little, you know, hot boxes. Well, I got a question
0: not- for you. It, it, how does StarNet work? They have to position the satellites over the country that they want to affect. How do you access it? Do you see it pop up on your? Let's say I look at my cell phone, and I can't get on the internet. Would if StarNet were available in this country? Would it pop up in, like, the Wi-Fi or Bluetooth uh, area, you know?
1: I don't – see, I've never used Starnet, but I do know that uh, one of the problems you have, because our military uses Elon Musk Starnet, and you know, basically it's it's like anything. It's a signal. You get it? Well – But they have a GPS unit of it, and what was going on – I think there were movies based on it, well, too. Well, people-
0: they also used it during the Ukraine war. They, he made it available for the Ukrainian population – to stay online in the Ukraine, mm-hmm. I guess he would have to do. He would do that by positioning the satellites, and I guess opening up the channels. I would think, you know, it, 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 there has to be some way for him to make it accessible. Do you know? Well, look at it this way. Look at uh,
1: XM and Sirius satellites. Right. They sit up there and they send down a signal, and they don't have a lot of power, but they send down a signal over a wide swath. Yeah. So you're sitting there when you're looking uh, you're you're going, "Well, I I got XM." Well, you might have XM here, but it may not be over in Africa because of the positioning the footprint, yeah. The footprint of it is a big signal, but the idea was you could you could start out in Washington D.C. and drive across this great land of ours to California, the West Coast mm-hmm. and listen to the same signal Continuously all the way, you can't do that with
0: land-based, um, so you know, communication. From what I understand, satellites are about twenty-two thousand miles up in in the sky, and mm-hmm. they're in a geosynchronous geosyncratic orbit, meaning they rotate in their orbit at the same speed as the planet Earth. So, and that used to be the problem back in the days. Uh, uh, of the early 60s, you know the the satellites were going faster than the earth. so if you were a TV station doing a show from the Europe from Europe, you had to time your broadcast for the satellite because it, it was moving and you only had a limited period of time before that satellite passed uh, your country and you lost signal. Now mm-hmm. when it's geosyncratic, literally they figured out that if they can put a satellite at a certain distance, I believe it's 22,000 miles, it will stay in orbit as the Earth rotates, and the signal is steady. That's how we have GPS. That's yeah. how we have all these. You talked about Sirius XM. It's in a stationary yeah. orbit. Yeah.
1: Yeah, that's what you have. So, And, you know, they go, but how does it cover so much? You know, FM does that. It's line of sight. So when yeah. you're 22,000 miles up or whatever it is, you know, you got a hell of a line of sight. It's the curvature of the Earth. That the pro where the problem comes because then it just keeps going the signal, yeah. you know, and uh, it's like the old time uh, TV shows. I think there was a Twilight Zone where they talked about aliens listening to an AM signal. They don't go that far. Which leads the me FM to my does.
0: next question: Do you still think that they're going to pull a plug on social media on the internet sometime soon? We yeah because they'll, they'll,
1: they'll I'm sure that they can I'm sure that they can because they got servers in Washington where they can probably scramble it shut it down and do something. And they can probably control, uh, you have a smart device. Mm -hmm. And a lot of people get their internet through their smart device. So it's not so much shutting down the the computer system, it's your access to it. And so if you shut down the access to it, whether it comes through landline cable or your signal from the smart device. You
0: you have an Android. I have an iPhone. Mm-hmm. Just, just uh, the day before yesterday, Sunday, uh, Apple issued a deep, long update on the software in this phone. It took mm-hmm. like an, almost an hour for the phone to reprogram itself. And I was wondering, what the heck are they putting on there that's taking so long? Usually an, an install of, a, of an update usually takes about 10 or 15 minutes. This was taking like an hour. And I was thinking, mm-hmm. I wonder if this happening. I wonder if, wonder if they're doing an update on Android phones too right now. Are they putting something on our phones, like you just said? You know, are they putting something in the software right now that's going to give them the ability to shut everything down?
1: Well, th- that could be. You know, they did this test just a few weeks ago. Now I got to ask you the question. They say, mm-hmm. well, it's standard. We've done tests before. Do you ever, ever,
0: no. ever? <laughs>
1: Remember your phone going through a test? You got an Amber Alert, yeah, but that's not a test. This was a physical test, which brought in all the conspiracy theories. Well, they said they did there.
0: it twice before, didn't they? I mean, they're trying to make it sound like oh, I sure to see as hell here. don't
1: remember. I re- look, I remember the days when I first heard about a cell phone. I yeah. had a buddy out in uh, L.A., and I, you know, he'd say, "Yeah, go take the Clinet out," and he had the big phone, you know, the hunk up, yeah. you yeah. know, thing. And, uh, I thought I was cool, man. I had this phone in this car driving around L.A., you know? It so, won't
0: get any better than that. Yeah, it won't get any better. And then it was
1: the 80s. I sat there. I got a bag phone. Yeah, you carried it over on the sure. side of your shoulder. Had five watts. Don't know how what organs that thing cooked. But, you know, <laughs> then they said, all right, we're introducing the new portable cell phone. Yeah. It's the brick phone.
0: Oh yeah, yeah. you that, got the brick phone. Oh, I loved it because I could stick it between my seat and the console. It was like the perfect uh, portable phone. Testicular
1: cancer, kind of like <laughs> the cops that get uh, that with the radar guns. Yeah, I a guy that worked for me that got that from his cell phone, and uh, that's no wow. That's no joy, but yeah, you, you look even even the phones they you know they, they don't have a lot of power, three four hundred milliwatts next to your brain. Probably not a good idea. I know a
0: guy who I, I a good friend of mine. A wonderful guy who passed away because he was always on the phone. All and they, and where did he get his cancer? It was right next to where he had the phone every day. You know, ladies, carry your phone in your purse. Guys,
1: don't carry it in your back pocket. And you know, use you,
0: your speakerphone. Use your you speakerphone.
1: Carrying it in your pocket, pocket. Your phone is is hot all the time. Or you know, yeah. If you put it in your shirt pocket, your pants pocket. There are people, look it up yourself, that these things are, they're handy, but
0: they are dangerous. And, you know, they just went to 5G. Does anybody out there in in radio land or podcast land, can you honestly tell me what the difference is between 5G and 4G and 3G? Think about it for a second. I mean, you, they're throwing it around like, oh, my God, we're in the world of 5G. What the heck is 5G? Really? Now I know there were a lot of people listening, going, damned if I know," (laughs) because I and and there's you know there's the kid
1: out there with the thick coke rimmed glasses. Yeah. uh, Although you do do do, that, forget
0: it, pal. What you know is way beyond my comprehension. Yeah, but the fact of the matter is, let me let me see, let me see if I got this right. When I had three G, I could literally take the phone, I could dial in a number. No, hang with me. I could press enter and I could hold it to my ear and I could, I could make a call. Okay. And when I had 4G, I could, I could press the number. I could uh, hit enter. I could hold it to my ear and I could make a call. Now with 5G, is it going to dial the number for me and then hold it to my ear or something? No, I'm still going to enter it the same way. I'm still going to hit enter and I'm still going to hold it to my, what is the improvement? I don't think there is any for us. There is something for somebody, and I think it's somebody beyond us. Well, you got to realize
1: back back in the days of two G and three G, and this, uh, we're going four G. They were saying, "Yes, we're the two G cellular network. Oh, we're yes. the three G. Ah, uh, we got four G." The reality was, you were still two and three G because that was a big infrastructure change. Right. And as one guy explained it to me one time, I said, "I got to get this four G phone." That's the thing to do. And he goes, you realize, don't you, that we can sit there and say we're 10G. There is no regulatory system out there that says to define what 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12, 13G is. You know, it's, well,
0: we are, it's we're BS being, hype. We're being sold a bill of goods. And speaking of being sold stuff, do you That's remember, Bill, this is something we should pay attention to over the course of the, of the next few days. You and I talked about this last week. When when the situation started in Israel and everybody mm. jumped in Israel's bandwagon, it was like, oh, you know, poor Israel. And, and they should have. And they should. I was, and I still am. I still believe that they're the victim here. I mean, you can't kill 1,300 innocent women and children and, and families and say that they they're the problem. You just can't do that, okay? But there are a lot doing it. I point to Harvard and NYU and all these schools around the country where they're having rallies for the Palestinians. Now, it's been about a week and a half since that happened, and all of a sudden you're getting people like Jake Tapper on CNN equivocating, mm-hmm. equivocating what happened to the Israelis versus what's happening to the poor poor innocents in Palestine. Now, mind you, they've held back on the full force of this war for a week and a half because they've told time and time again the citizens of Gaza, if you're not in this war, get out of the country. Get out of the line of fire. You have time, but get out. What has Hamas done? Hamas has said, wait a second, it's only a joke on the part of the Israelis they are trying to fool you. There's nothing going to happen. You stay in your homes. Hamas is very uh, comfortable allowing its civilians to be used as human shields and propaganda Mm -hmm. tools, okay? But Jake Tapper on CNN, all of a sudden now he's equivocating Hamas and the Palestinians with what happened uh, just a week and a half ago to the israelis listen
2: i mean you say you stand for the rule of law again hamas is vile what they did eight days ago they're targeting civilians it's horrific but what's going on right now is not just a punishment of hamas more than 700 children have been reportedly killed in gaza and obviously electricity food water supplies have been cut off by israel to so the totality of gaza Obviously, the blockade is not just by Israel, it's by Egypt, too. Take a listen to what Secretary Blinken said last year when Putin was targeting Ukrainian infrastructure. Heat, water, electricity for children, for the elderly, for the sick. These are President Putin's new targets. He's hitting them hard. This brutalization of Ukraine's people is barbaric. Now look, Israel is not Russia. Gaza is not Ukraine. It's a different situation. But cutting off supplies, cutting off heat, cutting off water to
3: civilians—what's the difference? Well, first, thank you for saying that Israel is not Russia because Israel is not Russia. Second, civilians are civilians. We are in constant contact. Yes. Absolutely they are, and they deserve, as I said before, access to water and medicine and food, and we are working actively to ensure that that happens, and I can tell you this morning, Jake, that I have been in touch with my Israeli counterparts just within the last hour uh, who report to me that they have, in fact, turned the water pipe back on in southern Gaza. That has been the subject of discussion over the course of the past few days. The United States is going to continue working with Israel, with the UN, with Egypt, with Jordan, and with a lot of the groups on the ground to make sure that innocent Palestinians get access to those basic necessities.
0: That's uh, swamp uh, dweller, mm-hmm. Jake Sullivan being interviewed by swamp dweller, Jake Tapper, which is, yeah, I couldn't help but think when I was listening to Jake Tapper talk, the way he was framing his questions, right? Uh, how would he have responded to uh, the bombing of Dresden and World War II? Or uh, the bombing of Berlin during World War II. Do you think that for one second, the Allied forces thought about who was down below, uh, underneath their bombs? I mean, they took out entire cities. In Dresden, there was a firestorm equivalent to a firestorm from a nuclear explosion. And yet, uh, they did it, and nobody questioned it. Because, see, it's what they call war and when you start a war and i would submit that hamas started this war you have to understand that there are terrible devastating terrible consequences and, and uh for, but these guys these fat heads in the media they do everything they can as soon as they can to muck everything up now i don't want to see any innocents and children hurt in any war i want to see them uh, I want to see them evacuate to other countries and other areas, maybe no bomb zones in uh, Gaza. They, I think I heard them say that they were actually working on no bomb zones in uh, more rem- remote areas of uh, Gaza, and that would be a good thing, although you know that some of the Hamas members are going to go hide there. But uh, uh, I, you, can you imagine, do you hear anything during World War II when the Germans bombed London? How many young children and innocents died then? Nobody said, oh, you know, uh, you shouldn't do that because uh, you're going to hurt somebody. It's, it's war. That's the whole, that's the whole, that's the premise of a war. You, you expect that there's going to be tragedy and, and pain. What do they say? War is uh, breaking things and killing people, which is basically what war is. But not to these clowns, not to these uh, fatheads in the media. Now, I don't think war is good, folks. I don't think it's. I don't. I, I. would like to see a world of peace, which we had during Trump. That's Trump with a T for you people who don't like Trump. He had a peaceful world. We lived in peace. We. He. If anything, he was planning on getting us out of Afghanistan during his second administration, which you guys screwed up. But no, you know. Anyway, I, I could go on, and I don't mean to get on a uh, uh, a soapbox here, but uh, uh, you know, we're there. The Israelis are in a no-win situation. They're going to war against Hamas. You know what's going to happen next week? As soon as the war breaks out and they start going into Gaza and start actually uh, going into uh, fighting situations, people are going to die, and they're going to take the bodies. The media is. And you're going to see some terrible pictures. And you're going to say, oh, my God, this is what the Israelis are doing. You will have forgotten the fact that these same people that they're attacking went into areas of their own country when people were sleeping at peace. You know, families were getting up to have breakfast and they summarily shot them. And in some cases, they eviscerated them. They, they uh, sliced them up the middle and cut their throats Cut off the heads of babies! Oh my God, the most vile of vile things. Anyway, like I said, Bill, I don't mean to be on a soapbox, and I and I have been, but uh, I I think that we're in a terrible time. I think I think Biden, by the way, is not going to do. He's not going to add to uh, the situation by being there tomorrow. I think he's going to mess things up. If anything, yeah, I yeah. agree with you. I uh, I hope to God that there is a quick end to this. But as soon as they start to uh, to send shells and uh, soldiers across into Gaza, I'm afraid that you're going to see Hezbollah into the country with the backing of Iran. Don't be surprised if when Israel's got its hands full, Iran doesn't start sending missiles into Israel. That's just the way I think that's going to work out.
1: Yeah. Well, what you see in the news, I mean, I, I will put forward the fact that uh, the news media and stories that are reported are a form of warfare, too. Uh, warfare on uh, public opinion.
0: Just- You're right. You're right. And uh, I, I hope to God people are smart enough to see beyond the curtain, you know, what, what's really happening. But I'm afraid there are some people in our society who they just would rather – Figure out who's in who's going to play uh, in the starting lineup on Sunday, on their favorite football team, and they're not paying attention to what's happening in the world around them. This is the most dangerous time I think I've ever lived in.
1: Well, yeah, I, I would say it is. And what you got to realize with what's going on in Israel and Hamas, uh, you know, you can sit there and talk about atrocities both sides, but the simple fact is. This is beyond a war that might be for, well, it is a war for real estate, but this is a pure deep-seated hate uh, and a wanting to eliminate um,
0: Mm, one side
1: or the other. And you cannot sit there and fight a war like that. You know, well, we're going to go in there and we're going to break things and blow things up, but we're not going to harm people because we don't want to do that. Well, what you're doing is you might win that war, but you're going to build hate, more hate and animosity and to where you're just going to build another generation that's going to come back and rethink and retarget to get rid of you. Uh, there's, what I'm trying to say is just like the world punished Hitler and the Germans. They punished the Germans for allowing Hitler to happen. So like when the bombers flew over, They didn't think about what was going on down there because they couldn't. Because if they sat there and got that touchy-feely heart, Hitler might have stayed in power and uh, wouldn't have had to commit suicide. And he would have gone on to do even more atrocities. And Hitler didn't love races. He hated races. He wanted to cleanse the world. And the only way you can fight that is fight fire with fire, unfortunately. And you got to cleanse... The the bad
0: seed In this world of revisionist history, you know, we look at what happened in Japan at the end of the war when we dropped the atomic bomb on Hiroshima and Nagasaki, which was awful. I mean, people were eviscerated, they were incinerated in in, in a split second, but uh, it ended the war. And people mm-hmm. say, well, yeah, but look what it did. The cost of it, a hundred thousand people died. That's true. But you know, they say they saved eight million dollars. Allied soldiers who might have died trying to take the war to the Japanese on Japan itself, in in Japan by itself. They said that they they would have had a terrible time trying to win that war no matter how, how big their armies.
1: Do you know how close Hitler was to having the nuke first? Oh, I know. And, you know, it was not just Hitler in the United States. I mean, there were a lot of powers that were racing to get the bomb so let's just say that we didn't get it first would one have been dropped here and would we be would we be the the hamas and uh, you know israel yeah would we be well
0: this is what i fear now i think that they probably have something right now something like that right that now that in our happened. country are we are we so weak right now maybe the weakest we've ever been as a government that we might see something as terrible as that happen in our country right now? I mean, they're threatening. Iran threatened us the day before yesterday.
1: Yeah. Well, I I think we are. I mean, the world, you know, we're like kids playing cowboy in India, and all of a sudden you find something. (laughs) Wait until I do this. And we have the knowledge, and unfortunately, we want to use the knowledge. And you can go to the hardware store. You can go to the grocery store. You can order online everything you need to make a weapon of pretty vile destruction. I'm not going to say mass destruction, but vile destruction. But if you want to make a weapon of mass destruction, you can you can go to DuckDuckGo. You can go to anywhere you want to secretly look for the instructions on the Internet. And there's somebody with a video, okay, here's how you solder the wire. Here's how you do this. And before you know it, you've made something deadly and evil. And don't think there's not somebody out there that's already done it and is just waiting for the nerve to use it. And that's going to happen. And probably on our soil. And you know, it ain't going to be pretty.
0: We went a little over today, friends, because we had a lot to say. We actually have more to say than than what we've said. But uh, we're going to take a pause here and let you think about what we've talked about. It's been a, it's been a difficult show. It's going to get more Uh, interesting i think as the days and weeks progress we're gonna have a lot to say we may end up on occasion when things merit just uh going over like we did here today uh, well you know
1: what we don't have a program director we don't have a network to adhere to uh we are not on radio stations we're on the internet which means we could do a five-minute show a recap of the day we can do an hour-long show we could go
0: for three hours we can do whatever the heck we want to. As a matter of fact, we should, we should also maybe tell our audience that every so often check the website because if something major happens in the world and it's not uh, during the course of our normal schedule here, we may come mm-hmm. out with a comment or two or a suggestion, you know, uh, because like Bill said, we can do that. Um, if you want to call us, our number is 833-538-7868. 833 538 7868
1: Of course, there's mail at it'sanotherday.com, mail at jimandbill.com and jimandbill at mail.com, and there you've got the trifecta. There's only one thing left. And that one thing is. Wait a minute, I gotta think. I got notes here on it. Wait a minute. Hasta la vista, baby! We're out of here.
0: The Voice of Freedom, CRN America. These days, when you want an answer about just about anything, you ask Alexa. You ask her about the weather. You ask her who won your favorite sporting event. You ask her to find a fact that you can't find anywhere. Well, we did that, too. We asked her how many people have downloaded it'sanotherday.com. And this is what she said.
7: From acceleration.com, it has been downloaded as much as 260,433,467 times.
0: I know. Seems like a lot. Seems like a lot to us, too. But it's Alexa. Thanks for making us a part of your day. And tell your friends about it'sanotherday.com. We could use an extra listener. I mean, what do you do when you only have 260 million?